The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. Okay, I think we're live. I think we're live, and we're back uh, with Culture Insanity, episode number eight of season two. So, uh, yeah, welcome back. Happy Saturday morning. Um, yeah, there's, I would say there's a few things on the on the docket, but there's really only one main thing on the on the um, table for discussion today. Um, it all sort of is centered around what's going on. Um, in our culture as far as um happenings um so yeah just to jump right into it there's a lot um being made of the the piece of legislation that just passed in georgia um regarding uh abortion and with that there's been just a lot of um response and and backlash and and all that do we already have response uh yeah jesse jesse likes pastor dad's uh, shirt. Oh yeah, no summertime. He says, "Sun's out, guns out." Sun's out, guns out. <laughs> yeah. So, so, anyways, <laughs> thanks, Joe, for your kind words here. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot um, being made of of just what's going on in the news regarding abortion, regarding Georgia, regarding um, Hall. Hall- <laughs> All right, you're distracting. You're distracting. <laughs> you're distracting the show <laughs> with your sleeveless shirt and your Morpheus glasses. Um, a lot being made of it. So um, they passed a piece of legislation, and then you know celebrities and the like have come out and responded to it um, negatively. Shocker. Um, so things like uh, Netflix and Disney and Amazon, like the CEOs and you know showrunners of specific shows and movie producers and directors, coming out basically saying that if this is if this is happening in this state, then we're basically gonna boycott this state. We're not going to work here. Um, in recent history, Georgia, I think, has had a lot of like tax breaks and stuff for, for filming there, and so right. that's why it's been a really popular um, destination for you know filming locations and such. So, uh, uh, yeah, like the CEO of Disney um, responded after the, I think, CEO of Netflix came out and was like, yeah, like we don't feel comfortable doing anything here if there's if our people are going to be treated this way and we are working alongside people that are directly affected by some of these things and so uh, out of solidarity and stuff like we're not we're not going to film here we're not going to take our business here and um, yeah so what are they saying people are screwing around <laughs> nice didn't even yeah, that's what they're saying. Um, I got that somewhere. I'll find it. <laughs> Amazon is another one. There's a movie with with Kristen Wiig, I think. Um, yeah, a little light, a little faint, but a uh, movie with Kristen Wiig where they pulled they pulled the the movie from the state basically and are looking for um, new new places to do it. Another thing that um, in the news. Um, as a response, uh, Jim Carrey, who's been really outspoken lately um, for his, <laughs> yeah, nice for his for his artwork, um, basically his political artwork. Um, he recently, just earlier in this week, he released this newest painting or drawing. Was that or just something. this week? Yeah, I think yeah, it, it was. Feels like forever. I think it was, um, and I th- it was you know, it's graphic, very graphic, and I think it's the yeah. Alabama. Governor. governor, yeah. Basically, yeah. it's depicting the Alabama governor, a grown older woman. Um, it's like a caricature style drawing, but a grown older woman being um, aborted, sucked through a tube, basically. And it's this really this from her head, from her head, yeah. And you see like the doctor's hand and the long tube, and she's basically being killed. Um, and yeah, he he releases it and says something to the effect of, "We should be aborting." before they can grow and become the governor of Alabama or something like that. So it's really quite hateful. <laughs> um, and then, kind of funny on that note, though, sort of received the same sort of response that uh, Alyssa Milano received um, when she basically campaigned and solicited people on her podcast to come and you know share their story or whatever. He sort of got... Um, the opposite sort of feedback and it was people like Shapiro for example was like oh geez thanks for showing us what abortion really is <laughs> I think he's the I think Shapiro is the one that first 
started that backlash. On yeah, that. and then yeah, there's a few other people that were like, "Thank you, Jim Carrey, for detailing the graphic, you know, nastiness of of abortion." And you know, so he sort of solicited this feedback that maybe he thought he wouldn't get or something. So it's kind of ironic, um, kind of funny. Um, so things like that, Jim Carrey and his artwork, being another outspoken person. Um, so we were going to like just try and jump into to those kinds of things. And I have some questions if we want to fall back on those specific topics. But sort of last minute, we're just sort of pivoted and we want to just sort of lean into it and talk about just the pro-abortion arguments and just... Um, yeah, it's talk everywhere in the media right yeah, now. Yeah, it's it's really quite annoying if I'm being honest. This like I was just sharing before we went on on air like this isn't something that like we want to talk about. Like I don't want to talk about it. I think it's terrible and sad and it's just not it's not a fun topic to talk about quite honestly. Like it's not fun to like um theorize where this could go and it's just so so blatant and overt and morally wrong um that it's it's just not it's not fun for me i don't know how you guys feel but i love it you love it i'm always compelled to talk about things like this yeah well there you go so um so we want to just sort of lean into to the pro choice um arguments and sort of um dissect them and and see where they're flawed but specifically the ones that are being made by pop culture Right. Yeah, yeah, um, and so like I, I had because um, that's that's the thing is, so we have this thread between us where we are always sending each other news articles, you know, whether that's, you know, I don't know, news articles about <laughs> about Michael Jackson or Roseanne. Those are like the ones that kept getting popping up, um, but it seems like lately every article in, that involves pop culture you know, is about abortion. Mm-hmm. And because what we cover is popular culture and media, like it's no surprise that that world, the world of Hollywood is pro, you know, leans toward the left and is pro, pro abortion and pro this and that. So it's really just dominates the headlines and it's kind of annoying because it gets old and gets, you know, boring after a while it's nothing new you pull up your different news sources outlets and apps and stuff and it's it just dominates the headlines in every sort of way so so i was looking up um just outspoken um individuals who are pro pro um choice and just sort of want to dissect them so first of all the the main one that i sort of found um and we can talk about because they are outspoken, but they're not, I would say they're not as articulate as they could be, and they're not as specific on, on the issue. Like, what about abortion? Like, it's all just sort of a general, oh, I can't believe this is happening. This is, this, uh, you know. They're not articulate because they're coming out of Hollywood, <laughs> and they're only articulate right. when they have a script in front of that their face. That is not true. <laughs> there are plenty of people. We've had this discussion before. There's plenty of people in Hollywood. Who are well, very here's, well, here's living proof of what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, so my my point they're they're really just sort of generally pro pro life or not pro life pro choice. They're like generally pro choice. Um, like, you know, I support these people. I support that. They're not like honing in on specific um, aspect of the pro choice movement. But one of the general like consensus, and then we'll get into a couple others, is. A lot of them talk about, you know, this was the right choice for me. I wasn't mentally prepared for a child. I wasn't physically prepared for a child. Um, then she shouldn't have spread her legs. Okay, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna try and we're gonna try and come at this from, from a more um, objective, I, I think, is the right word, way of approaching it. Um, yeah, let me. I'm gonna disclaim that. Secondly, again. That uh, Pastor Monty has his own way of viewing things that isn't necessarily the specific views of Aletheia Bible Fellowship or the rest of us in this room, for that matter. So, uh, yeah, it's well, not- no, this whole abortion thing, you know, the the reality of it is, is this is a misnomer for saying that it's okay to go out. I want to go out and have sex, and I want to go out and play around and not deal with the consequences of my of my lascivious behavior. 
and it's, and that's that's really what it, it's addressing for the most part. Okay, I think it's a little bigger than that. And as well, are you sure there are cultural aspects, there are sociological aspects, there are the theological aspects. But if we boil it all down and break it down, the reality of it is is that people who go out and promote the well first of all it's a big business for certain industries it's an industry no no question but the reality of it is is we're talking about people who are irresponsible in their personal behavior and they don't want to deal with the consequences of the child that's produced because of their irresponsible behavior scripture clearly says do not fornicate and there's a reason why the majority of the people that we're talking about now in regard to abortion are people who don't even see those people that they're killing as people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, I so know. It's, because a, it's, a, it's an issue of indoctrination. You know, you don't... You and don't, we have 60 years of indoctrination for these people. Right, so, but the way that you're talking about you're it... saying that's how long, like, Planned Parenthood has been around or something? Well, Planned Parenthood has been around longer than that, but... The, yeah. way that, the way that you're talking about it implies that it's the people who completely understand, but then go against, that are the ones that are, you know, taking part in this, when in reality, it's a bunch of people who've been indoctrinated to it and now have to be re-educated. I'm not going to argue that. I think that there are a lot of people who operated their lives out of ignorance. So then, just regarding the general, the general um, consensus from the like people, these outspoken individuals, what would be a more, um, uh, what would be a more appropriate way of addressing addressing where they're coming from? Because, like I said, a lot of it's for me at the time it wasn't right, and and it's interesting because they do acknowledge their, um, like Chelsea Handler, for example, she had talked about it a few years back, how she was 16 and she was rebelling against her parents and and yeah. all these things, and and so in one year she had she had two, actually, which is sad, but. Um, she made the choice to not have that and ultimately she's glad she did because she she almost had it in rebellion of her parents the the child and so it's just really just terrible you know circle of problems going on there but um what would be like just a more appropriate way of attack tackling that just for me at the time it wasn't right and and so on and so forth is there a deeper what's the deeper um what's the deeper issue uh, Lucy Brown wants to comment. She says, Why invite the old man to be in the panel? If you want an honest feedback from a different point of view, do not disregard what he has to say. So you see Lucy... Thank you, Lucy Brown. So you see Lucy, who seems to be oddly, strangely connected to the old man in some way. So you see Lucy, when you have different points of view, those different points of view are not uh, immune from criticism or critique. Right, old man? Sure, that's fine. I have no problem with that. <laughs> the The thing is, is that um, I agree that a lot of people operate out of ignorance in this standpoint. And really what we're coming down to is that in the 1950s in particular, the late 40s, early 50s, so the end of World War II, what we saw was we saw a... A revolutionary change take place within our culture all the way into the 60s and 70s where there really was a rejection as it were of social mores and uh, that was you know that was my generation the free love and yes and what have you, Thank so, you. Then, Thank so you. then you have all these people <laughs> growing up and and not only that so then you have proponents of uh, no criteria at all in raising children like dr. Spock who who taught that you know um, children didn't need to be corrected they would find their own way etc cetera, etc cetera. so now what you're seeing is you have a whole generation of people that first of all their parents lived through the free love movement and had no constraints on their sexual inhibitions and and uh, and they have passed that on to the children so now we're in part living the byproduct of that and the reality of it is and so yes i agree you know it's the parents responsibility to teach their children about sexuality and to help them to understand how it is that this uh, gift that we have from god is to be used in a responsible manner 
and for a large part, my job, because of where they were coming from, failed to do that. So take note, Lucy Brown, Pastor Monty agrees. So it's okay to criticize. Now, John Parker, he has this, this question. He says, uh, my question would be, how do female doctors view abortion? Don't they take an oath to protect all life? You know, the real, the real answer to that is there is not one way of looking at these things within these industries, John. That's the truth. And that people feel conflicted, but they also have an obligation, uh, like a job-wise obligation on and so forth and they feel like they could be they feel like they could be uh, ruining their careers if they don't go with what's out there well the other yeah, factor, some of them took the Hippocratic oath and some of them took the hypocrite oath. well and I've I've <laughs> listened to plenty of testimonies from different doctors who who have said that because they weren't willing to peddle the medical industries whatever it may be whether right. it be pharmaceutical or whatever they've been blacklisted right they can't work anymore then the other the other factor is there is not one understanding so uh mm -hmm. you know well how yeah there's in terms of like the morality of it i mean science pretty much uniformly says that life starts at conception but what is personhood and that's that's really what we what we get into and that's partially what's happening in alabama with the passage of the heartbeat bill where they're saying if you can detect a heartbeat then you've yeah. got a, a life there six weeks is it six yeah weeks, it's, about six weeks is when they say it's it's a detectable so but, but anyway let's try to let's try to keep on track we're talking about the arguments that are made by the media at the moment so well i would just throw in there in contrasting then we could also throw in there the fact that maine and i, I don't think we've i don't think there's they, anything to contrast because we well there is that. because the media hasn't even the media hasn't even said anything about infanticide and and my, my uh, point is my point is we haven't we haven't gotten there yet because <laughs> the arguments haven't been made yet in our show okay well let me throw out there that that is something that that works into this because the media is not saying anything about the uh, you know about infanticide and killing babies after they've already been born sure and and uh, so you let, know so abortion uh, all the way up until birth and right. past birth right 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 and so, they haven't said anything about so that so let's try to keep on track so another um Another popular argument, so like someone like Mila Jovovich, she made this long Instagram post. I don't know how recent it was, recent enough. Um, but she was talking about it. It's interesting because on the one hand, she's you know pro-choice and advocating for the importance of that. Um, but on the other hand, she's talking about, she was talking about her personal experience being like a personal hell when she went through an abortion and the effects it had on her and stuff but one of her main points is that if you if you make this illegal and people have bandwagoned this as well different celebrities but if you make this illegal then you will force women to do to go about it in an unsafe and unsanitary uh, uh, way so let yeah so let's unpack that that point that's being made mm -hmm. so is that true I mean, is that oversimplified? Is that, I mean, what would you say about it? Clearly oversimplified since uh, this has been an issue that's been around for, uh, for thousands of years. I think it's a sincere, I think it comes from a sincere place. And I think that that should Likely. And I think that that shouldn't be discounted. The fact that she describes her experience as being distasteful right there is, is something that you should take the sincerity of it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that can't be that can't be overstated that I don't think she's being flippant here um, and she's not speaking out of experience yeah she she's not speak speaking out of experience well, she's she not speaking away from experience she's speaking in experience in yeah but that's really weird inexperience <laughs> yeah anyway but um she is making a presupposition there that I, I think is sort of slipping under the radar and that is the idea that women have no alternative but to have an abortion mm. like what did she say again um I'll, I'll read it so she said abortion is hard enough for women on an emotional level without having to go through it in a potentially unsafe and unsanitary conditions i myself went through an emergency abortion two years ago four and a half months pregnant 
shooting in Europe, so on and so forth. Um, she had to be awake for the whole procedure. Right. right. Okay. So I mean, that's good enough. Like, yeah. like the long and short of it is, is the the presupposition that she's holding is that she had to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? An emergency abortion? Now. I don't know what I don't know the circumstances under which it is, Hers, but yeah. she but she cited that part of it had to do with the fact that she's shooting, you know, that she's shooting a movie. So basically, right under a schedule, right. So basically, what she's saying is being pregnant, uh, you know, made it so that she can't shoot this movie, and so the only alternative, the only viable alternative, is to have an abortion, and I think that that presupposition is really problematic. Yeah, the uh, the consequence of my lascivious lifestyle. Now, hold on. You don't know now, that she... Hold on, hold on. You don't know that she was living a lascivious lifestyle. In yeah, fact, she could be married. married. Yeah, I think she is. She has, she has okay, two so other kids. Regardless, the consequence of... of uh, the consequence of having sexual relations with my husband, then, is now an inconvenience to me. So, uh, Joseph Jesse has a comments. Let's see. What do we got here? Yeah. Uh, I know of several women past her Monty's age. How old is that, by the way? 82? It's up there. It's up there. Uh, who were dropped off by their mothers, the greatest generation, to abort the child in fear of what society would say. So we're yeah, talking... Bad so form. If, okay, hold on. So I think what I think the point Joe is making is there are people who were aborting a long time ago. Um, I don't buy that there's a big difference between generations. I think it's talked about more often now. I would agree with that. And yeah. society frowned upon children out of wedlock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was not uncommon for girls that got themselves in trouble and pregnant to be shipped off to an aunt or, or someplace, you know, where they couldn't be seen by right. the local people. John Snow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Game of Thrones reference. Yeah. This that's, yeah, I agree with Jesse. That's really true. And that's because, that is because there has been um, for hundreds, if not thousands of years, a misconception in regard to the issues of sexuality and how it is that sexuality is expressed uh, within the realm of, uh, within the realm of self versus within the realm of scripture. Yeah, I agree and, with that. And what and what Scripture presents uh, is appropriate as God designed it. There, even within the church, if you look within the church, you know, going back into early church history, you you know, uh, what, was it Origen who castrated himself? Yes. Yes. Yeah, because he couldn't deal with his sexuality. Well, he could deal. With well, his he sexuality. could deal. With it. He, he castrated <laughs> himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, right Joe there. Joe points out that it could be an ectopic pregnancy. That maybe Mila. I don't know if you're talking specifically, Joe, about Mila Jovovich, or just speaking. In I'm on first ter- first name basis. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if you're talking about Mila, but yeah, I agree with you. Like, we can't say it's a her lascivious lifestyle, or b that you know there wasn't some reason why it was an emergency. That being said, um, but she she notes a reason, and I think that that makes it suspect. And yeah. then the other thing is, there's a huge difference between preserving. Life, yeah. The intent behind an ectopic versus the ectopic versus the intent behind an abortion are completely different. Right. One abortion has the sole intent of terminating the fetus, like because the fetus is not wanted. Right. Right. Or as in her case, it was an inconvenience. So anyway, I think the presupposition there that the only viable alternative is to have. Assuming what she had said uh, is the reason. So assuming it's not um, an emergency, um, a life... hmm. Assuming that it's not a medical life-altering emergency. Mm -hmm. um, And so maybe speaking away from her, but just applying her presupposition to other people. Then I think you have to ask yourself why that presupposition is acceptable. Because when you're looking at these presuppositions, you have to ask yourself, would these apply in other standards, you know? And and I think you can do that because one of the things that um, abortion rights activists, I suppose, do is that they try to conflate the issue by connecting abortion 
um, with the removal of a body part, for instance. Mm-hmm. They try to disconnect it from the issue of, of uh, personhood or life. Mm-hmm. So the question then becomes, um, could you apply that standard across the board? And I think you can. You can apply the standard that that Milo is purporting, that when something doesn't make sense, you, you know, you get rid of it. But you don't do that with you don't do that with any other life, right? So it's a really a question of how you view life. Oh, I'm not necessarily yes, I agree with that, but I'm not necessarily sure that what you're saying is exactly accurate because look at we see we look at what we see at least in this culture and the overall culture now with the issue of marriage. If I if I don't you know get along with somebody who I married, then I just get rid of them and divorce them. Right, but I. Th- there are some things that we hold true. So, so at what point? At what point does something become a life? Because you wouldn't say to your child, at least it wouldn't be socially acceptable at this point. At one point, I think it really was, um, you know, to just kind of get rid of your child and ship them off somewhere. But now mm-hmm. it's like, I don't think that would be socially acceptable. So it's really interesting. But you wouldn't say to your child like, I had an emergency, whatever. So I'm just going to get rid of you. Like, you wouldn't do that. Well, there are some parents who have done that. Actually acceptable. No, yeah. that's true. Um, so and, issue- and, and, let's, and, and take it a step further. You are not, you're not okay in my life for what I'm doing right now, so I'm literally going to terminate you because you're dependent on me. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Uh, yes, I, I agree. And uh, even though there are times in the life of a child where that's tempting. Wow. Okay. So, so the question then is, when is life life and when is personhood personhood is what you're saying. Well, that and, is part of the question. But that depends on what you want to... I mean, you have to have a standard for that. Like, And it's... A lot of the times you hear the the the, the, the jargon viable, viable, viable thrown around for the pro-choice right. side of things. And, you know, and then that side of the argument all, like, you know, leans on science a lot of the times and stuff like that. Um, but like but you've, this, you've touched on the philosophical aspect of the argument culturally, which is there are no more mores or values well, because even we've when, thrown out even God. When, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is even when people do claim some sort of standard, they're still willing to ju- take, a, take an irrational leap from it. Like, yeah. for example, if someone wants to claim science um, as their worldview, you know, and also claim... Uh, Pro, pro-choice, man, I keep having a hard time like sticking that, but um, they'll take an irrational leap from science, even though the science is unanimous that at conception, cells start multiplying and stuff, right. and so it is... It's, it's the it's, definition of life in any other yeah, biological organism. But with this, they take an irrational leap, and then it's it's arbitrary standards, you know? Well, one of the things, that the difficulty with, with uh, the decision that was made by the Supreme Court in regard to Roe versus Wade was that the science at that point was not as developed as it is today. And much of the premise that was put forth in regard to this case was not scientifically based. Uh, And we know today, uh, medically and scientifically, um, more about when the inception of life takes place uh, than was known back in those days. So we have have two... um comments uh, I want to get to. So John Parker says, we have a biblical understanding that all life is sacred. Our hope, the you know, as a from a Christian worldview, would be that adoption or other means of preserving that life is considered over its termination. I think that's a really good point, John. Yes. We, we hadn't talked about it yet. We, I, I, was, I was essentially just unpacking the presupposition that there really is no other choice, but adoption is an example of of uh, where you could go with that. The the problem then comes into whether it's a worthwhile um, thing for her to carry the pregnancy, and that's only going to be dependent upon what how she views life. Mm-hmm. So, and, so, so then the other question um, is, what about in the case of rape? Jennifer yeah. uh, Richardson-Hanthorne Very, asked that that's a, and that's, that's where I was going next. That's a really popular example that people, or extreme that people take it to, and fair enough. 
Yeah, I think it's a fair question. That's fair. It's a fair question. It's it, that's an extreme circumstance um, for for the general society. That's an extreme circumstance. But it's a reality. Would, yeah, sure. it's a reality. Sure. I was just going to say that that one of the reasons why what uh, both uh, Joe and and uh, and John are referring to that there are alternatives. One of the reasons why a lot of people won't go to the alternatives is the the major avenue for presenting alternatives comes from um, churches and from the church groups and there are many people who uh, are afraid of or are socially stigmatized by then wanting to go to the church or get advice on how it is to deal with something that clearly um, some would purport, scripture purports, that uh, they are in sin. And so they're caught in this dilemma where they will then believe whatever they're told by institutions like Planned Parenthood, for example. So to get back toward, um, there's Jenny. Jenny's, yeah, Jenny, um, yeah. where do we land on that? Where do you guys land on that? So in the, though not general case but specific cases and they are realities where people have actually assaulted and now find themselves um, pregnant what what do we make of the the abortion argument in cases like that well I think again it's a question of how you view human life and what what is viable in it I, I think nobody would want to be blamed for the sins of their father, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what it comes down to. I mean, in, in all those cases, I think, yeah, unless it's a really complicated situation, in all those cases, you know, a man rapes a woman, impregnates her, and basically what we're saying is is that the child's life is now based upon the worthiness of the conception. And I just think that there's something messed up in that. And, and the, because essentially what you're saying, like, so you don't want to call that child a life until you define them as a person, right? Mm -hmm. And then after they're a person. So my question is, after somebody's a person, so let's say that you were, let's say that somebody was a product of rape or you've got, you know, baby, baby Steve as a product of rape, right? And this baby's in the womb. When does that baby, um now have viability on their own in terms of their value versus carries the value of their father. If that, if that kid is going to be, um, when, when do they become a person on their own and not the product of the rape in terms of, in terms of their life? And is it only after they exit the womb or is it in the womb too? Like, should life be valued? So in my mind, yeah, it's a really terrible thing when that's forced onto when that's forced onto people. Um, but it was also forced onto the child to become a product of that of that uh, conception. It was forced onto the child to to have that. Does that mean that we then should take that away from the child? Like that we should. Yeah, that we should take that away from the child. And, I mean, yes, one is forcible and gross and all of this, but when do we for ourselves that way? Like, our value isn't based up. We never, we didn't choose our parents. Like, our value, we, and, and that's one of the reasons why we shouldn't be held accountable for what our parents did. Um, I don't know. I find it to be really problematic. On top I think of that it, there's a lot of people who are born as a product of rape that are like really important to society. Yeah, I, I don't you can think you can look up you can look up side like the pro the pro side of what you're saying like in people's personal testimonies like I was the product of this and that and you know I'm so glad I'm so glad but I'm just trying to like forecast the response on someone on the other side of from what you just said like like uh, maybe they would say all of what you said is is all well and good but it doesn't really it doesn't really hand. It doesn't really deal with the emotional side of the woman. Like it's sort of what you just said could seem like disconnected from what the woman has gone through. What that baby, you yeah. know, would yeah, the yeah, trauma yeah. that would, would. Well, this really goes back to the constantly issue. be lived in because of yeah. you know, 
This goes back to the issue of your con- uh, your your basic uh, life concept in regard to where do you fall in how you understand life itself. And, um, you know, Francis Schaeffer in his work, How Then We Shall Live, talks about the fact that, first of all, where we are today, he prophesied we would be. Um, back when he wrote this work, uh, what, 60 years or better ago? It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. And, and, and you know, his basic position is, look, if it, it really comes down to where your belief standard is, and while it's a terrible thing that, that uh, a, a woman would have to um, have the emotional stigma of the child growing inside of her being the product of rape, if you believe that God is sovereign, and if you believe that God is the one who allows life to begin with, then um, from a theological standpoint, I think you could argue, argue from a stronger position that just because a uh, somebody is is raped and is now going to have to go through the process of bearing a child to term, that um, that that child should be aborted, because the reality of it is again, if you yield to God's sovereignty and you understand who God designs man to be, then that that even itself within that event. You have to yield to the fact that somehow God is going to make good out of that which uh, was tragic for you. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's the basic theological response. And I'm sorry if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't come across as incredibly emotionally, yeah, you know, like like, that it doesn't seem sympathetic. Um, The truth is, is that what man intends for evil, God can use for good. Yeah, amen. Um, Especially to those that love him. And I think that, you know, you, so you don't want to remember this moment in life where something terrible happened to you. And that's completely understandable. But that child is, should be seen as a blessing despite the evil. Hmm. Um, And I think that you can't have a unilateral view of the morality of a person, of, of a child who's conceived in a perversion um, because that's what rape is. It's a perversion, right? right. You you can't have a, a, a moralistic view of that and say that basically that life is now worthless if and, and should be should be just unilaterally gotten rid of because the parent did one of the parents did something that was perverse and evil. Because if that is true and you're to follow that view all the way through, then you have to go to somebody then you have to believe that the the people that are legitimately persons walking around in this day and age who are products of rape should be aborted. You have to believe that they are evidence of a moral evil that should be gotten rid of. And I can understand why, like, on a personal level, you wouldn't want to do that. Um, Like, why you wouldn't want to live um, with that. Pastor Monty called it a stigma. Um, I would, you know... I would go further than calling a stigma and just say like a, I don't know, a trauma. Like I can understand why you wouldn't, I can understand why you wouldn't want to live with that trauma, but the alternative is, the alternative is it's untenable. It's, it's morally, it is itself morally repugnant to say that because this was something bad that was done to you, but God created a blessing out of it. A, a child created a blessing out of it, something that was bad, that then that person's morale, that person has no right to survive. And therefore you would be willing to morally condemn anybody who survived, uh, you know, who was conceived in rape. That's essentially what you would have to do. And there's lots of people who, who are, you know, conceived in that. Wow, there's a lot of comments. Let's kind of go through them. We opened up yeah, yeah. Pandora's box. For okay. Sure. So we'll just kind of go down the list here, and I'll read your guys' comments. We really appreciate you guys talking. And yeah, for sure. I just want to be clear. This is a hard subject. It's yeah, obviously what... a polarizing subject. Yeah. We're not sitting here reading notes like preaching. We're, try- we're unpacking it with you. So please bear with us and give us grace. Um, 
Lucy Brown says, if we believe that God is the one who makes life, then that child is God's precious creation. Sorry for the mom, but definitely God's purpose will be done. Uh, I think that's pretty much what Pastor Monty was saying. Joseph Jesse said, should these states be simultaneously restricting women's access to contraceptives as they ban abortions? I was going to ask that. Should be Okay. I was going to ask you that. You hold that thought. Yeah. In a perfect world, abstinence would be effective enough, but it seems cruel to take away a woman's ability to try and decide when to become pregnant. Lucy Brown says yes. I'm not sure what she's referring to. I think she's saying yes, they should be simultaneously restricting. That'd be my guess. Um, Jennifer Richardson, hand, I'm just going to call you uh, JRH. <laughs> <laughs> not everyone believes in what we believe I believe these choices are only for the woman to decide she is the one that will have to love and care for the baby and she is the one that will face our maker for our choices uh, and then Lucy Brown said rape is not a woman's fault and so is the child's fault I think she's saying and, and is not the child's fault also um, God is still in control okay so uh, one of the top questions was talking about contraceptives um is yeah like what's what's the what's the moral stance on on that what's the moral stance on birth control that's <laughs> that's like, a that's a that's a hot topic as well <laughs> we're already here I mean, the, 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 <laughs> the roman catholic church teaches that contraception is not allowed period that's true the roman catholic church also teaches that the body and blood of christ become the literal physical body do, do they? <laughs> they do. Um, wow. I don't. I like my personal thought on it is, and, and I do think that there is room for interpretation. Just, just to be clear, my personal thought on it is that if there is conception, then that's then you leave that alone. You foster it rather. But if there is not conception, so the semen doesn't touch the egg, you know, then I think it's fine. So you're saying like birth control, for example, is a fine option? Depends on the birth control. I think condoms are fine. So like a pill? Well, it depends on what that pill does. Mm. Yeah. I, I, this goes, you're in, saying in you, my mind... If you, if you know that there's conception, then you're culpable to it at that point? Because like, there's no way of knowing... Well, you're definitely culpable. So culpable means like legally responsible, right? Um, so you can be like guilty. So, yeah. uh, yes, you are definitely culpable and you should never do anything that makes you morally responsible in my mind. But, but I think that there are some, I, there, I'm trying to pull back to my love line days. <laughs> um, but there are some contraceptives which are, you know, that basically flush the system regardless, yeah, regardless, regardless yeah. of whether mm. conception has happened. Yeah. That I have an issue with. Yeah. Mm. In my mind, the real issue has to do with going back to what I stated earlier, that we have a responsibility as individuals to understand who we are, um, and that includes our physicality. So, first of all, there are a lot of young women out there who have never been taught in how to understand how they become pregnant. In other words... At least not until they've already become pregnant. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then it's a realization that it can happen. But the reality of it is, you know, I really believe that we have a responsibility to, to help people understand that, you know, women can only become pregnant during a very narrow window. And understanding the, mental the menstrual cycle and understanding how God designed that and, and being, being cautious then of when you do or do not do engage in certain behavior. If you don't want to become pregnant, then don't engage in behavior during that very narrow window when you can become pregnant. And the reality of it is, is that most people, when they approach their issue of how it is that they engage in intimate sexual behavior... Um, put uh, you know, put their mind in neutral, and and uh, go with their urges. And my the my thought is that um, that's irresponsible. And I I I have talked to so many people who have said, I 
I don't know how it happened. It just happened. And my response to that is, no, it didn't just happen. Nothing just happens. You have a responsibility to be aware of your surroundings. You have a aware of responsibility to be aware of your conduct. And, and if people would take that responsibility, then um, there would be less people walking around wondering what happened. And so I fall on the side of saying, yeah, I believe that you can control when a child is uh, potentially going to be born or not. Um, having been married for 40 plus years, having three children, I can guarantee you that uh, I had sex over the past 40 plus years more than three times. Well, that's good to know. I'm and, just... Uh... <laughs> Well, okay, you know, we, we want an honest discussion. That's an honest discussion right there. Um, I want to try and get to another another popular popular argument um, to, to unpack regarding it. Um, so someone like Rihanna posted on her Twitter or something like that, uh, like this grid-style picture of all these faces of all these men, um, and the basic the basic sentiment was that why are we allowing men to um, decide all of these things for us and, and legislate all these different things for us? Like when it's an issue that is intrinsically tied to women is the argument. Um, well, I disagree with that premise as well. Sorry, so, I missed it. I was so, looking at Joe's. Uh, so statement. I'll repeat it quickly. So uh, Rihanna, for example, posted this like big you know grid style picture of all these faces of you know men and. Um, government people um and so the the sentiment is why are we allowing men to legislate all these things that uh are intrinsically connected to women so the abortion thing is right it, it is a woman's issue and it has nothing to do with men help me right rihanna she's is a singer. she's a singer from barbados, from barbados. oh Okay. okay. Are you gonna make the Are you gonna make the completely ad hominem point that because she's a singer she can't be an intellectual? Well, her her assertion we're, we're call that is a waste of time. Her, right, yeah. assi- got, her assertion minutes. is not intellectual. We only got fifteen minutes, so let's unpack. Okay. Well, let's her unpack. assertion is not intellectual. Well, the reality of it is, it. I know there are lots of people that are on board with that nonsense. That's what I call vobine excrement. The reality of it is, is that. Um, all you women out there who think that that you're the only one who uh, c- controls this issue, you can't get pregnant without a man. Fellowship, you are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. So you're saying the 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 basic premise that it's an issue intrinsically connected to women is flawed from the get go. Yes, I would agree with that premise. I would agree with the premise that, like, you, you can't in the same breath argue that we are equal to each other and that we are essentially the same as each other. And then say, this is species. only for me to talk about. Yeah, and then, and then say that. There's something logically flawed there. So I think that's a pretty simple answer to that argument. Um, so along the same, maybe it's not along the same lines. Where is it at? Um, <laughs> Jennifer Richardson, JRH says, why not mandate vasectomies? I really need that clip from the office where he goes, snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. You have no idea the kind of emotional t- he takes on a man. <laughs> um, here's what I will say to that. Please, no, 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 no. Um, there's, a, there's a huge difference. I understand the, I understand the point you're making, or at least I th- let me unpack that for a second. <laughs> I think the point that you're making is that uh, abortion, like mandating that a woman gets an abortion, or what is it, mandating that a woman cannot get an abortion is like, or would be the same as mandating that a guy gets a vasectomy. vasectomy. Um, I think that's what you're trying to say, but I think that if you say it that way, it's really kind of inverted, because, you know, like... Well, first of all, one is a life that is there, and the other is not a life. It's merely the makeup of life, or it's only half of the makeup of life. But then, the, but then it's like an inverted process because one is like, what were you going to say, Adam? You, Nothing. I think, keep keep. I going. think you were kind of with me on the same page there. Keep going though. Um, let me. <laughs> she says, "Let's have women vote on that." Please try. Um. 
one. Do women have the right to vote? So, hold on. Wow. So what? I got. Wow. A, okay. Wow. So Please excuse that. Yes, that does not represent the views of us or Alethea Bible Fellowship. Um, so I got to sit here and unpack that because. Okay, hold on. Okay. So again, why not mandate vasectomies? Okay. One is a dual process because, as was stated earlier in the Barbados section, <laughs> um, it takes a man and a it woman. Takes two to tangle. Yeah, to 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 get pregnant. It is a completely different process because it is one where you have this thing that's growing inside of you and is not a biological part of you. It has completely different DNA and so on and so forth. So we're dealing with something that's completely. Did we lose our live that's- stream? No, we're still here. Okay, that's not accurate. It's, Josh. They they snipped. No, the, I know. Okay, it's 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 stopping a piece of or function. Yeah. So so in actuality, so I want you to to think about this. In actuality, getting an abortion where you're cutting off your function of having a baby is akin to getting a vasectomy, as opposed to keeping you from getting an abortion. Mm is akin to getting a vasectomy. Gotcha. And there are l- rare legal cases where men have been ordered by the court, those men who have used their tool I, I think substanti- be, to be sterilized. Yeah, I think um, JRH says, I need to be there. Hey, you know what? If you want to come on the show yeah. and join us, um, whether we're talking about abortion or not, if you want to come on the show and join us and talk about pop culture with us, um, <clears throat> let's set it up. I think that'd be fun to have a sure. dissenting voice. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we only have a, a respectful voice. Though. Yes, we only have so much time left. But so it, it's not the same issue. But I can see how whatever. So one of the arguments is that abortion affects women disproportionately. In that um, having to go through a pregnancy does not aff- and 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 have a child does not affect a man in the same way it does a woman. Granted. I mean, I, I, or or, or, the, or that men men have no like, yeah. I was frequently reminded that you know, my wife carried our children, each of them, for nine months. I carried this child for nine months. I then have to remind her that I carried the child for nineteen years. I don't think you're so pleased with yourself. I'm sorry. I do think you're so pleased with yourself. I am. Um, I just, I think that's apples and oranges and I don't think that it's a fair comparison. Um, I know there's many cases where men are incredibly emotionally distraught over abortions. Um, There's many cases where men are the better parent in the parenting process um like to to unilaterally assume that because physically that because you as a woman physically carried the child and therefore you you carried more of the emotional weight or as pastor monty points out the physical weight over the course of years or so on and so forth, to assume that your love for that child is somehow deeper, stronger, all of these things, and the um, emotional weight involved in that is it takes more of an emotional toll, is kind of hubristic, in, in my opinion. It's kind of akin to people telling me, before I had, before I had my um, own children, telling me that uh, I couldn't... You couldn't um, possibly speak to an issue because you've never had children on your own. Right, or 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 even that uh, a love for my foster children or my godchildren is somehow less than a love for my biological children, because you know I didn't have those things at the time, and now having those things at the time, I can tell you, sure, it's different, but it's not less, and I think that that's that's one of those things. I mean, I've gotten into arguments with Christians who have told me that um, I have no right to speak on how my wife was feeling about something or even on the raising of my children when it comes to my wife's perspective because my wife was the one who bore them. And the truth of the matter is, is that that is just a small understanding, a very, very small understanding 
of the the nature of the relationship that you have as parents. Mm-hmm. I view my I bear the weight of being a parent just as much as my wife does. I just bear it in a different way. And that needs to be understood. The physical the physical caring of the child is not it's not the only aspect and the emotional habit that's wreaked when you have and so on and so forth. That is not the only aspect of being a parent. And I just think it's in, just it's kind of an incredibly gross misrepresentation of the the nature of being a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna try to tackle this next one in five minutes. <laughs> um, so one of the popular arguments is the the fetus is part of my body. It's part of my one body, and so I should be able to to do whatever I want. Um, I think that part of the part of the argument against this would come back to, to personhood naturally. But um, is there another part of that argument that's flawed? That the fetus is part of my body, and so I should be able to treat my body. I should be able to pierce my body, you know, tattoo or whatever. Like I should be able to do with whatever I want to to that thing because it's part of my physical body. Josh alluded to that earlier. I'm sorry, I was reading comments. <laughs> I was saying one of the popular arguments See, is that. I, here's, the, here's the comment, Pastor Monty. Uh, Jennifer, sorry, JRH says, let's do this. Come on the show. Then she says, respectful, like, hash, or not hashtag, quote unquote, women voting, alluding to you making a comment about whether women vote. So I just want to point that out. That was if we a want, joke. If, but if we want people to be respectful, like, come on. I was just asking a question. No, no you, you weren't. <laughs> but anyways, you, you alluded you alluded to earlier, Josh, the fact that that, that um, oh, we're back on subject. That, okay, um, you know when a fetus is in the womb, um, it is its own independent. Yeah. Um, it has its own uh, well, it's biology. Not, it's not independent. It's distinct. Well, it's distinct. Yes, thank you. It's distinct. It's still dependent at this point upon the mother. But the reality of it is, is that it, it's 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 functioning within itself. It has its own DNA. It has all those types of things which are independent. Systems, yes. So I, I think that a logically fall, flawed argument is being made when somebody states that. Yeah. When you're when a baby's in the womb. You know, a fully formed baby, not like a different one with birth defects or whatever, but like a fully formed one, like with, you know, five fingers or whatever. The mom doesn't now have 20 fingers because she's got, you know, 10 for her two hands and then 10 more inside of her uterus, you know, and you know what I mean? Yep. Like, that's ridiculous. She doesn't have two livers and four That's another one of those leaps that people make. Like, they want to hold that argument, but then also... You but know, then understand not. the absurdity of like what you're just saying. Like, yeah, I don't now have 20 fingers and 20 toes, but yeah. Um, okay. Well, we opened Pandora's box. I, I thought it was cool to have so much feedback. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't think we even got to as many no. uh, arguments as we could. Oh, a lot of more to unpack in <laughs> I, this so in regard to I, socially, philosophically. As we're, as we're leaving this topic and I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk about it. Yay. But, um, just the question that I would have, or the point I would make is that it really comes from the, it really, the whole topic stems from our understanding of what's a person. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I would, I would just ask, like, when did you become a person? You know? Like, would you tell your child that they weren't a person when they were inside, like, if you're a mom, would you tell your child that they weren't a person inside your, inside your, uh... Whoa. Your womb, your belly. I mean, it's not technically in your belly, but you know what I mean. Like, would you say that you weren't a person back then? Like when I was like thinking about you and and wanting for you the future and like dreaming about you and interacting with you and feeling your kicks. Because um, that's really what it comes down to. Like, when did you decide that? When do you decide to recognize the personhood? And and when and what do you want for people? Like the Bible says that we should um, love each other the way that we want to be loved. Like, would you would you want your parent to think that you weren't a person until you came out of the womb? Well, then it's not just when did you decide, you know, because 
as if it... I, I don't think jo- Josh isn't suggesting that it's when did you decide, like, you have, you know, a different... You have a different set of standards or starting point than you, 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 or you, or you. Like, right. There is, there is, like, a foundational understanding of when a person becomes a person, and it's not... Otherwise, we go in. We go into like we've talked about before. We go into the hospital room to someone who's dependent on life support, and we kill them with an axe because they're no longer a person, a viable living person that can live and breathe, and you right. know, walk and talk on their own. You know, like it's not like that. So, well, and that is don't be the, confused. It's that's not, the, when did you personally decide? Like, that's, that's the yeah, broader that's not what I was meaning to say. Yeah. yeah, that's the broader philosophical argument which is now being wrestled with on a large society. Well, and and that's what I mean. Yeah. What makes, and I want, we, Adam and I were talking about this earlier, there's a tendency to generalize the subject, especially like as it, we think maybe it doesn't apply to us or we're not allowed to have it apply to us. There's a lot of men who think, you know, I can't make that decision. I'm not a woman, so on and so forth. The, like, what makes you a person? Not like what makes them a person, but what makes you a person? And when did you become a person? Where are you a person inside the womb? Like, that's really what it comes down to. When you understand that, you got to apply it to others. And I, I think a lot of people, if they were using that standard um, unilaterally, when they understand it about themselves, would have to apply it to the baby in the womb. So, I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> Joseph Jesse says this. Maybe this is a good place to end it. He says... Send a soft show. <laughs> He said, I think the matter has been settled. Go buy a steak and celebrate a job well done. Go buy a steak? Nice. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I fully understand, but... Is it, it's a celebrated job well done. Okay. Thank you, Joe. Okay. Um, yeah, we, we had prepared a little, like, fun trivia, but it seems sort of trite to try and... <laughs> Let's play trivia. I want to end on it a good note. It seems sort of trite to include that. Can we play, can we play trivia? I want to end on a good If you think it'd be appropriate, it seemed inappropriate to include it midway through, considering the heaviness of the topic. But, okay, to end on a lighter note, because we're fun people. <laughs> not just, we're not just men speaking into issues we have no problems or no, no way of speaking into. Okay, so Game of Thrones ended, uh, ended last week, and I think the unanimous whatever is that it ended terribly unfortunately no Josh spoilers. no spoilers there are no spoilers okay but there might also be spoilers coming up so the just the in 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 honor of, of game of thrones ending the trivia was based on shows that ended terribly <laughs> so time to, time to play the game so this will just be for i guess josh i mean feel free to jump in i don't know how well you'll do <laughs> Um, so I was just going to read a little snippet, and you're All supposed right. to guess the show. Hook it up. To this day, fans are still calling for a spinoff, dismissing the finale that had this character living in a personal hell as a bearded lumberjack in hiding, never to have been caught or presumably kill again. Living in a personal hell as a lumberjack? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, it's a Showtime show. Dexter. Yes, Dexter. Wow. <laughs> yes. Impressive. Somehow the show ended with him I didn't even in solitude see it. <laughs> as a lumberjack, and it was just like this absurd thing. Uh, anyways, next one. Uh, sure, love stories don't always have a happy ending, but with such a long, drawn-out story about Ted and how he met this woman, one would expect it to be a romantic love story, not a tale of the one that got away. About Ted? Ted is the... Ted is a character. Can you read that again? Yeah. Sure, love stories don't always have a happy ending, but with such a long, drawn-out story about how Ted met this woman, one would expect it to be a romantic love story, not a tale Uh, of the one that got uh, away. How I Met Your Mother. Yes. So the show ended controversially because it was sort of a secondary whatever, and he pursued his love interest with uh, Robin. Uh, Haven't seen that show either. Oh, wow. You're pretty good for meta-knowledge of things. It's true. (laughs) Another finale that polarized viewers. The much-hyped end in 2010 seemed to add more confusion on top of the head-scratching premise of the series as a whole. So wait, were they dead all along? Are they dead now? At which point did they die? It's lost. It is lost. Wow. (laughs) Very nice. Yeah, very nice. And for the record, I didn't find that ending confusing at all. The two-part finale saw the core foursome arrested for failing to help out someone in trouble. Seinfeld. Yeah, that one I know. Breaking the Good Samaritan. Yeah. Uh, 
Seinfeld. Seinfeld, yes. In this absolute disgrace, Charlie dies because a piano drops on top of him. Two the camera pans to show the series creator. A piano drops on top of him, and then the pan the camera pans out to show the set of the show. Yes, two and a half men. Two and a half men. Showed Chuck Lore. Charlie was played by someone that's not Charlie Sheen. Uh, and lastly, rather than an ultraviolet death or a jail-based fate, this show ended quietly inside an ice cream shop with a cut to black that spawned seemingly billions of full men. Sopranos? Yes. Nice. Wow. Six for six. Six for six. Amazing, Josh. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that'll be it. So, yeah, JRH, also known as Jenny, uh, yeah, feel free to reach out and we can get you on and talk about something uh, interesting and hear your take on it and just uh, have a discussion. Uh, so, if you're interested in today's topics, obviously you can check out the uh, Facebook um, comments section for what we were talking about. No articles, I don't think, were posted, but check it out. Um, and then, again, we've, uh, we're have we officially well into the process of um, our rebranding, so you can find all of our content on the Vigilance Radio Network Facebook group page. So, whether it's our podcast, uh, Pastor Monty's podcast called Truth Time, whether it's the cross-examination panel discussions with local pastors... Whether it's uh, upper the story, upper story coming podcast up at the end of this next month, young Christian people get all this content on the Vigilance Radio Network Facebook group page. Like, follow, subscribe to it, whatever. Um, with that said, uh, upper story will have its next episode at the end of, I guess it's June first, so the end of this month, fourth Sunday of the month. And that will be on prayer. So again, that's just young Christian people talking about prayer and how they see it uh, in their lives, how it's affected them, how it's talked about within the church. Um, so that's just a, a, a yellow couch discussion. Yep. <laughs> and that takes place on June 30th at 7 p.m. So look forward to that. Um, a week before that, there will be a... Um, what do you call it? Tiles? A lecture. A lecture yeah. here at Aletheo Bible Fellowship as part of our tiles um, ministry where, again, gives the platform to young Christian people to talk about things that they find um, important within the church. So Jasmine Pierzina will be talking about church synergy at June 23rd, on June 23rd, here at Aletheo Bible Fellowship. And I think it's 7 also? Yeah, it usually starts at 7. She's going to be talking about synergy, like churches working with each other. Yeah. Um, again, you can find uh, Pastor Monty's podcast Tuesdays at 11 a.m. And then check out last month's um, cross-examination panel discussion. Again, cross-examination is just a um, it's a panel-style discussion with local pastors talking about theology in plain language. And so last month, which was last Sunday, was on denominations and worship. So again, you can find that on Vigilance Radio Network's Facebook group page. Um, yeah, and we look forward to um, producing more of this content for you guys, and we thank you for um, uh, your participation, and Josh is going to say some, say one little thing here. Oh yeah, I just wanted to say, like, uh, it's not, it's free to you, but it's not free to us, so if you guys want to help us so that we don't run into, like, technical difficulties yeah. and things like that, it costs money to make, uh, costs money to make it work, so yeah. um, if you, so if you want to donate to us, I'll post a link, um, and we'll keep this show rolling. And if not, just do us a solid and like, like and subscribe and yeah, share so sure. that we can keep the content coming. Yeah, we're happy to do it for free as in our time, but these things do cost money and things break down and that's just planned obsolescence, am I right? right. <laughs> Pastor Monty just went through dishwasher. So with that said, uh, we'll be back two weeks from now, uh, 9 a.m. Saturday. Thanks, guys. Bye. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the lady. Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network.